Hey, good morning, Jerry. Nate, good morning. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Just trying to stay warm. Yes, sir. First off, congratulations on that uh, podcast with Tom. That was really good. I enjoyed listening to it. I appreciate the encouragement. Yeah, it was uh, really fun to record. He was down to earth, genuine, and had a lot of a lot of good insights, uh, specifically for our our athletic minded audience. So it was good times. That's great. So the um, I, I sent you an email with the uh, the topic for this week is creativity, um, defined as using your imagination or new ideas. Um, creativity, using your imagination and new ideas. So from a from a leadership standpoint, um, you want to take a swing at that as it relates to creativity. Yeah, I have, I have a couple of thoughts that I've been kind of reflecting on. One being, I think kind of defining what it's not sometimes is my ability to be creative sometimes can be squashed out by not allowing myself room to be creative. If I don't have any sort of margin Mm -hmm. to think about the big picture or think about things that aren't connected to what's already happening, then my creativity is going to be minimized because I'm, I'm don't, I don't even have room to consider how we might do something better, differently, more, et cetera. So mm-hmm. I, I would, that would be my first kind of takeaway from thinking through that is how, how do I create space to even exercise those creativity muscles? That's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Having bandwidth, as they say, seems to be a common term today for people one of the one of the pieces that leadership uh one of the pieces of leadership that's interesting to me is that um um is that some of like you're you're going to go into your next engagement with somebody in your charge anyway so um for instance i'm going to have a conversation with a teammate um at 8:45 anyway like i'm going to i'm going to talk to them about something at 8:45 and so one of the things that i'm wrestling with is like i'm already going to talk to them at 8:45 how could i be intentional as it relates to inspiring them for instance so as a leader what's my intent with my engagement with uh, the next person what's my so one of the pieces of creativity is having the bandwidth or the space to think of new ideas piece that kind of contradicts that in my mind a bit is to say, well, um, I'm going to, I'm going to engage my guys anyway, in a minute, how can I, and I guess this is part of the bandwidth. If you're on, if you're on, if you're, if you're in on fire and the, 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 the fire is blazing so substantial that you can't, even think right you're just reacting right um as your day goes on maybe that maybe that helps me um understand having the mental space to be intentional no that's good i think you might have even done a whole week on empathy but i feel like that's that's a little bit of what you're touching on is if i'm if you're about to go talk to your to one of your staff one of your teammates here soon anyway then you're trying to think, okay, how can I best engage them and, and inspire them? And you, you need to put yourself in their shoes for a minute. Like, what would make this interaction 
more effective or more inspiring for them. So you have to kind of flip uh, the tables a little yeah. bit. And I was recently reminded of this and it, it, it's, it's going to sound off topic, but it's related, but we, we just started our son's very first organized sport. We signed him up for basketball at this facility in Northern Kentucky. And it sure felt the entire process just felt has felt so far of a very like protective mindset. Like there was all these, all caps, red bold letters, rules and warnings of don't do this, don't do this. And, yeah. And then there's the the schedule didn't come out. Like we didn't even know the general schedule or the practices until just days before, like much less at least a couple of weeks out. And it just it just felt like it was a kind of a selfish way to operate because if they were to thought, okay, we have we all have all these young families with with kids many of them probably multiple kids what would make this an awesome experience for them okay well they're probably want to know that they can calendar everything make sure they can make everything sooner and just the, the warmth of of the onboarding and uh, there's there's a lot of different things that they could do differently but yes. i think they're so laser focused on their objectives and their revenue and everything else that it it just didn't feel um empathetic at all it was just you know we're in the driver's seat and yeah. we're doing what we're saying now, this is the communication. So then did you actually have a face-to-face with these groups yet? Like, you filled out all the paperwork. Have you actually shown up for yeah, we've had, practice or an event? Yeah, we've had one practice and one game so far. And, yeah, it's just, it's just been kind of disconnected. I mean, I'm, I'm, like, helping out one of the coaches, but everything's been through him. Um, and I haven't talked to a person with skin on yet from the from the facility. So, that, so that's that a person. Good, yeah. So that's a great example from a leadership standpoint, um, getting the backstory really helps. So I'm just, I'm going to be creative for a minute and say, okay, you and I are leaders. How could we, um, how could we influence, uh, inspire people in this situation? So one of the things that we know is that if, if you and Caitlin felt this way, um, with all the red letters and bold print and do this and don't do this and all these rules. If you walked into the engagement feeling that way, it's likely that most of the other parents felt that way as well. Yeah. And so as a leader, how do you, you recognize that and you say, okay, I'm going to show up at this event anyway. I'm going to show up at practice anyway. I'm going to show up at the game anyway. How can I help inspire or influence this? I'm going to use my leadership skills. I'm going to show up anyway. I'm going to take is it your son or daughter? My son. What's his name? Truett. So I'm going to take Truett anyway, Caitlin. So when I go, I'm going to recognize that many of the parents might be feeling this way. So I'm going to go there with the intention of, and you do this kind of naturally, which is kind of dangerous because you're you're unconsciously confident at engaging people and encouraging people. Um However, if you said, I'm going to be intentional, um, that families are going to be walking in feeling this way, that's an idea of what I'm talking about. Of, of you're going to be there anyway. Uh, let's use your leadership skills and be intentional and try to influence and inspire people, which I, what I know about Nate Salee is that you would do that anyway. However, however, other leaders might go in it, do it and say, hey, I'm pissed off at the, the lack of empathy and all the other parents are pissed off. 
And so you walk into this very negative environment um, versus versus being intentional and proactive and saying, gosh, what a great opportunity for me to go and try to influence and inspire people. Yeah, that's good. Hmm. Yeah, I have a yeah. Kind of switching gears a little bit. I have a couple of big ideas that I'm I'm really just being a, a parent of two of the guys I really respect <clears throat> in the leadership world. And that's Craig Groeschel and Andy Stanley. I'll start with Groeschel's insight I've, I've listened to recently, talking about creativity. He says he he, he puts self-imposed limits, even as like thought experiments when he's when he's planning an event, for example, or planning out anything with a budget, he tries to have the thought experiment of like, okay, we have $25,000 for this upcoming project or initiative or event or whatever. And he says, one of the things that helps him be creative is he always tries to take at least one zero off of the budget and say, okay, we currently have $25,000. What if we only had 2,500? What could we do? Well, what would be possible with, with just that amount of resources? And then if you go there for a while, what if we only had $250? Well, you know, how would we maximize that? And it kind of forces creativity by, well, the lack of resources definitely forces creativity by necessity. And even if we have an abundance of resources, you, you can sort of uh, coach yourself or, or, or what's the word I'm looking for? Simulate the lack of resources to kind of spark some creativity. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really great. That's really great. And the it's interesting as you as you as you think about the opposite of that, sometimes as a leader you encounter people that say, that's impossible. Right? Yeah. And and so then you say, Well, what if it was possible? Well, it's mm-hmm. not. It's not it's not possible. So it is interesting to go to those those two extremes. Um, yeah, to get the creative juices flowing. That's really great. And that's a perfect segue into the other one I was I was wanting to share at some point this morning was the Andy Stanley idea. And this has shown up in my organization. This has shown up even in my marriage. Like we've unpacked this even in my marriage is Andy Stanley talks about wow people and how people. And a lot of times both of those people are part of a team because it's good to have that sort of that balance. But if they're in a vision idea, talking about something new, if the quote unquote wow person, the the big picture visionary 20 ideas type person gets rolling, if there's not a leader that's aware of that and can manage the situation, the wow person will get rolling and get excited and and be flowing with ideas. But within seconds, the how person is going to be saying, oh, how can we do that? What's that going to cost? There's no way the risk, blah, 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 and just totally shuts it down. Yes. Stanley is like, hey, you know, you hush for just a minute. Hey, wow, person, just keep going for a while. We'll we'll unpack the how later. But we want to we don't want to stifle your creativity by going right into the logistics of something. And I just thought that was so good because my Yeah, my bit is my wife will get really excited about something. She'll be, you know, dreaming about something big and this oh how, how awesome would it be to have this this and this and oh man this is how to be the experience and da, 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 da. and then if i'm not careful i'll go right into well where is that going to happen how are we going to do that what we'll, we'll, you know we, we don't have a bunch you know like and just it totally shuts her down and, it, and yeah. it, this, it discourages her creativity and then i don't get the the value of hearing fully what's yeah. on a very creative and, and competent person's mind 
That's great. Yes, that's great. Those are great. Uh, that's great insight. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah, there, there's some self-awareness there too, right? Yeah. So I'm definitely the I'm definitely a, a wow person, and um, and yeah, the wows can become white noise if there's not a how a follow through. Yeah, and yeah, that's, that's the beauty of it. Both are needed, and both need each other. It's just how they interact, and making sure that um, the wow person isn't getting squashed, because then the the how person won't really have a job, because or at least yeah. there won't be aggressive moves being made because. I've heard recently too. There's a there's a ministry that says we want to value excellence over maintenance, and that really spoke to me personally because I really love having a system, a structure, a process that's very predictable, and I can just keep kind of working working the process, working the system, working the process, working the system. And if I'm not careful, I'll fight for just the maintenance of something that's familiar, and I know that I can do. Versus, is this is this the most creative solution? Is this the most effective? Is this the most excellent way to do it? Or is it just the most convenient or familiar? Yeah. And that's where as a leader, you have to discern even when the time is to, to shake up that system. Right. So yeah. you may, you may be in a season of your ministry or a season of your business uh, where it would not be wise to innovate right now. It, right. You know, cr- creativity Right now, um, you know, trying to take a pulse of your team, they may have just gone through three or four iterations of ideas, creativity. Yes. And the, the, the most important thing you could do is maybe be creative in your, uh, in your approach to inspire them, right, or influence them. Yes. Um, to thank them. Yep. Um, I was reminded recently – uh, of that that phrase, what gets rewarded gets repeated. So, which you, you do this with your kids, right? Hey, that was re- true. That was really great. How you shared with your sister, right? Yeah. So you're acknowledging it. You're from a leadership standpoint. You're you're influencing and maybe inspiring Truett because he likes that feeling of getting recognition, and mm-hmm. at the same time, you're influencing him to be nice to his siblings. And we do, we have the opportunity and that's where I think for, for me, it's, you know, the, the, the word intent, you know, what is your intent in this engagement, Jerry? Yeah. Um, it's really, no, that's huge. And it, it can go beyond that too, because if I'm, if I'm encouraging that and my son, for example, just to go with that, then it also, it also shows my daughter Hey, when I when I'm loving and I'm sharing and different things like that, like that's going to get encouraged. So even even if you're not the initial recipient of that encouragement for that action, but you're witnessing somebody else getting that recognition, it encourages that in them as well. Yeah, that's pretty powerful. Yeah, yeah, that's what they say: more is caught than taught. Yeah, yeah you're trying you're trying to teach true it, and and um, your daughter catches on. That's powerful. Those yeah, are that, good. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, going back to like you were talking about being being creative, not necessarily always in we need to innovate because you don't want to make too many changes at once. I have been thinking of what are some creative ways you even said specifically thanking people. And for us as a you know support raised ministry, we, we're essentially relying on donors to help fund the work that we do. 
and to be creative in how they are thanked in different ways that we thank them. And I had a guy recently share that how, how cool would it be to not just get a thank you from the leader, which has value and that's, that's meaningful. And I, I certainly do that, but you know, what would it look like for the recipients of the work to write thank yous to those that helped help fund the ministries? So as an example, like, uh, our, some of our, Absolutely. Some of our Absolutely. coaches or our college students or high school students or whoever that may be that are the recipient of our work, for them to write the thank you note instead of feeling like it, it can only come from me. Uh, you know, I've, I've been considering that and how we might roll that out because it, would be, it might be more meaningful to the donor to hear from the, the, the life that they're actually investing in more so than me at times where they, they need to hear from both. Right. But to, to not pigeonhole that only, only thank you notes come from Nate, the director. Yes. Yes. That would be very wise. and certainly is creative. Yeah. Those are, those are great. Those are really great. And I think the, as soon as the, and that from a leadership and an inspirational standpoint, as soon as it becomes like, um, like junk mail. Yeah. Right? As soon as it's, as soon as it's so routine that every Monday at 10 o'clock, Jerry sends me a text message trying to encourage me that it seems more programmed. Yeah. Then, um, so it's always a balance between organizing yourself um, and making sure that it feels authentic. Uh, yeah. That's a really, that's a really important piece. Yeah, and it, yeah, it goes back to that empathy piece too. Yeah, how how does this feel? How how does this you know how would this meeting feel if I was on the other side of that? Like if you know whether it's a staff meeting or whatever. Yes. Um, how can we be creative and and keep people engaged and have it not feel just like a a rote program thing all the time? And that that's that's true for business and ministry and whatever yeah. else. Yeah. So for, so a couple quick questions from a management standpoint and. You know, this is really interesting for me and I would imagine for you because, you know, holding people accountable is really difficult if if you're writing a check to them like they're employed by me. It's still really difficult um, to hold people accountable. It's really hard. And in, in nonprofits where they're not they're volunteers um, yeah. that from a from a creative standpoint. Um, what's your, what, what are your thoughts around creativity as it relates to leading people by holding them accountable? Yeah, I would go back. Well, two things that kind of stick out would be having some sort of agreed upon measurable KPIs, whatever you're going to say, like yeah. th that needs to, that needs to be in place, but like something that they can get a handle on and understand, which is really tough in, in our organization, because a lot of times we're talking about a, a changed life and how do you quantify life change? It's a really difficult thing to, to measure, but you can measure the input goals that I think we've even talked about in, in previous conversations. So, you know, but yeah. a, a, a gr having clarity on what those are, are these the right a right activities to be doing so i can't hold somebody accountable for a a cert like for having x number of spiritual transformations or decisions or whatever but i can't hold them accountable to how how often are you meeting what do those look like how many 
conversations have you had with your student leaders mm-hmm. on down the road? But then beyond that, I think holding them accountable with questions and stories, I think is really powerful. Like, so telling stories of other successes and other groups and also just asking them really, you know, really good questions. Like where I'm currently looking at like a Google form survey to ask some very specific questions on, um, mm-hmm. you know, how, how are you doing personally? How's the meeting doing? How, how's your, how's your, how would you describe your leadership development? I don't have the exact questions laid out, but giving them input on how they're going to be held accountable, I think is huge. And then That's beyond great. that, and then continuing to give them fuel of here are other stories, here are other examples of the vision we're going after. And you get to be a part of this. Um, how are you contributing to to the success, I think, would be a, a non-threatening question that just inherently has some accountability into it. That's really good. Yeah, I agree 100%. And to, to, to spend the time as a leader to sit down and say, Hey, here's some of the things that we think are measurable. Um, so I, I think that takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of time. And it's, I think it's from a leadership standpoint. Um, I, I think we, I think we have a culture that is like anti-authority, uh, anti-submission, uh, anti-followership as a culture. And so what we're talking about is things that are counter-cultural, right? Yeah. Which is, you could argue, you could argue, you could argue all day long. Um, however, that's the reality that most leadership conversations I have with people is that uh, that people aren't good followers, that they're not um, they're not good at submitting. Um, it's you know we're Americans, right? We do we do what we want to do, and yeah. anyway. But the other piece that's really interesting for me as you're talking is I'm thinking of subjective things. So like, this is the way we treat people. And then as a leader, I watch how you treat somebody and say, I, my of the way you treated that person, Joe contradicts our agreed upon. um, This is the way we treat each other at, in our, in our company or in our ministry. Yeah. And so that those subjective conversations are really exhausting as well when you're holding somebody accountable. Um, and you were talking about storytelling. Uh, obviously, Jesus used very important, um, you know, dist- different stories to try to flesh. Um, conversation you can think of in the past where you're perceiving something being done um, and you're trying to hold them accountable to it yeah you broke up there for a minute but i'm pretty sure i got the essence of the question yeah there's there's times where i've had to approach somebody and a lot of it the one i'm the story i'm thinking of was i was reading i'm not the most perceptive or observant person i'll be the first to admit but I had a leader walk into a room one time and the body language was just screaming that I'm upset. I'm not fully here right now. There's other stuff going on in my life. Yeah. Different, different things like that. And I, I shortened the meeting with all the leaders and asked this, this person to step out with me in the room. And as soon as I say, Hey, like what's going on? Are you all right? 
and boom, tears like just flooded. Oh uh, gosh! And yeah. We we had a, a conversation that had nothing to do with the decisions we were talking about in the meeting. Mm-hmm. Although you know she chimed in a couple times, like in a not helpful way <laughs> towards it, but she actually wasn't angry at what was going on in the meeting. She had a bunch of other junk going on in her life, so I, I had to have the patience yeah. and the and the. Again, that again, the empathy to like, okay, let's let's unpack this first, and then go back to holding you accountable after this. But we have to, we have to settle this out first and get you back into a, a a fully functioning spot. And I feel like the level I can I can be to to the level that somebody knows that I trust, love, and want to serve them is almost parallel to the level that I feel like I can challenge them and hold them accountable. If that makes sense. It makes all the sense in the world. Yes. Like if I'm extremely challenging and constantly holding them up to a huge standard and holding them accountable, but they don't know, I trust love and am on their side wanting them to win. It just won't work. Yes. Um, But if I'm very loving and cozy and everything else, but never hold them accountable or don't hold them to a standard, then they will be far from where they could be. Yes. It's so interesting that you just said that as I just had a conversation with in our huddle. And at the end of it, I said, I used one of our guys as an example. And I said, you know, I met with, I met with Bailey yesterday and I said to Bailey, I said, Hey, do you believe that I have your best interest in mind? Like, do you believe that, that as I'm engaging you and working with you and trying to, to coach and develop you, do you believe Bailey that I have your best interest in mind? And he said, yes, I chose to believe him. And then I used our three leaders and I said, do you think Mark, Mark and Chris have your best interest in mind? And he said, yes, I do. And I said, what about the rest of the team? Do you believe the rest of the team has your best interest in mind? And he said, which I thought was really risky. Um, and he said, he does. And I, again, I choose to believe him, but yeah. none of this seems to work without trust that, you know, you're, you're the, the impact of your leadership, um, the impact of your ability to manage and hold people accountable does seem to be predicated on your ability to build trust. And so, yes. and so you're, you're very wise. Um, and you've gotten a lot of, you've got a lot of great tools in your tool belt. Um, that you've developed competency with, which is, which is awesome. And yet the reality for people like you and I is that we recognize that we're not done. Like we're, we're still in pro in progress, right? We're still in the process of progressing our skills. So that's, that's inspiring. One of the reasons I like talking to you, Nate, is because I believe that you are pursuing, um, growth and development. And that's, that's very appealing to me and other leaders that you work with. So. Well, I appreciate it. Well, yeah, Good I also stuff. have several, several uh, bruises and wounds that have thankfully healed from trial and error and, and, and failures along the way. But uh, thankfully experience is a, is a good teacher and uh, you know, I don't have a ton of it relative to others, but I, I've tried to really soak up as much as I can. And, and something else I want to add before we hop off is, Another thing I've learned is if I'm willing to be transparent, vulnerable, and willing to be held accountable by those that I lead, then they're much more warm to having me hold them in, in, them accountable. 
Like I can't, yeah, ex- yeah. Like, if yeah. I'm, if I'm not willing to say, Hey, you can, you have permission to ask me about this and hold me accountable to this. Then if I'm not willing to do that, why would I, why should I expect them to be willing to do that from me? Yeah. Brilliant. Yep. Great insight. Great insight. Okay. I've got a, I've got a hop as we say, and I will look forward to our next conversation. Yeah. Appreciate it, Jerry. Have a great day. We'll see you. Thanks brother.